Welcome to this week's edition of In the Clubhouse with EMD Baseball. I'm Andy Kirikides, joined by my wonderful co-host, Keith Glasser. How are we doing? Great. How are you? Good, man. Um, today's episode, we're going to talk about velocity and provide a little bit of context around why it matters, but why there's a lot more to the conversation that needs to be had. And I think this is important conversation to have, especially this time of year, as kids are building up. And they're working towards trying to add velocity. And yeah, anybody out there who tells you that velocity doesn't matter, they're lying. That's really just that simple. Like velocity absolutely matters. I saw an interesting statistic the other day. And as you know, Keith, there's a huge uh, media platform and data collection platform called True Media that collects the vast majority of uh, college baseball pitch and hit data. So there's a, a massive library of data to provide some really good snapshots into what's going on in college baseball right now. And one of the numbers that I saw was that the average fastball in Division One baseball. So this is taken into account some of the lowest levels of Division One baseball, which mean, you know, there's guys that are 83 to 85 that can pitch a little bit that are able to be successful down there. Uh, so understanding the true definition of the average, but 89.6 is the number I saw, which I think like six or seven years ago, the average velocity in Division One baseball was just shy of 87. So obviously velocity has gone up and, and, you know, we've heard many, many a coach that we've interviewed come on and talk about, you know, that 90s, the new 85, like there's just a ton of kids who throw with arm speed and are able to generate some velocity that's effective. Um, at the college level, but the piece that often get missed when these guys go out and they try to throw bullpens and they're trying to throw their best bullet so they can hit the magic number of 90 is that coaches are looking at a lot more than that because the follow-on statistic to 89.6 is that Division One hitters hit 305 against fastballs uh, last college baseball season. So I think the big takeaway there is I don't think a lot of hitters anymore that scared about velocity because we can train it. It's super easy to expose guys to velocity now compared to to previous years. So with that being said, like love to hear your thoughts on this. I know I have a few more. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, the velocity piece is something that is always going to be in the conversation, no matter how long we're talking about recruiting college baseball players and playing college baseball, right? Like, Velocity is going to play, but, uh, you know, versus 10 years ago and what you see now, it is a completely different game. You know, I think for the most part, um, you know, pitchers are far ahead from a, a, a pitch design, a velo, a ramp up standpoint than hitters are from a scientific and data collection standpoint. So it makes it a little bit easier to kind of quantify and and work through that stuff when we're talking about you know, how that stuff plays in the college game, you know, and I, I, I think that, you know, more so now, maybe I don't even know if it's more so to be honest with you, but in order to be able to pitch in college, you need to be able to do something more than just throw the baseball hard, you know, and, and there's more that goes into that too, right? Like you can throw the baseball hard, but if we're never in the strike zone with, with fastballs, we're not going to pitch a lot and we're not going to find a lot of success because, to your point, if the average fastball is 88 and hitters are hitting 305 off of it, then 
they're timed up. They can see it. They're comfortable facing it. They know, especially when you level up into college baseball, hitters have strike zone discipline. So all of a sudden, you're 90. That's all over the map. It's You're going to walk a lot of guys. You're going to hit guys. You're going to have a, a, an inflated whip. You're going to give up a lot of runs, and you're not going to pitch a lot. You know, so I, I think just as much as, as there, there has been in the past, like you have to have secondary stuff and you have to be able to locate. You know, you'll see everyone like, oh, you know, Greg Maddox could do this. Like, yeah, Greg Maddox could make the, the baseball look like a wiffle ball out there. But if you can locate with velocity and you have secondary stuff to go with it, it's just as important now as it was 10, 15, 20 years ago. You're still going to have to be able to throw strikes and you're still going to have to be able to have off-speed stuff to keep hitters off balance because to your point, they're not hitters aren't scared of velocity. It's easy to train velocity nowadays. Like, you know, I did it when I was coaching, you know, we, I would set the hack attack up and just set it to 88 because that is the average fastball. And Hey, here you go. This is the average fastball. We're going to see if you can't handle this, we have a lot of work to do in order to get yourself in the lineup, you know, and the guys that can handle it, like they can also handle 92, 93, things of that nature. So now, you know, we were talking a little bit before we went live, like hitter pitchers are now cross counting guys. They're throwing sliders in hitters counts. They're throwing changeups in hitters counts, trying to keep guys off balance and guessing so that they can have more success with all the stuff it is that they have. So, you know, velocity, I, I think is always going to, it's always going to reign supreme in this game, but it's, it's a lot more. And, you know, and coach Hobbs talked about it when he came on here, like, there's so much more that goes into it. You know, how like the percentages in which you can throw fastballs for strikes, what your off speed stuff can do. Do you get swings and misses on it? Like, what can you do with your off speed stuff? Do you hold runners? Can you field your position? All those types of things go into it as well. So, you know, the, the velocity piece, I, I think, is something that is the easy thing to, to really just kind of latch on to and be like, well, he throws hard. Like, yeah, that's great. But that doesn't get as many outs now. You know, when we played, if you were 90, 92, like you were, you threw pretty, it was firm and you were going to get more outs. Now that's not the case anymore. Guys are used to it. Guys see it a lot more. They, they see it earlier in their careers. So it's not something that makes them uncomfortable as much as it kind of used to, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago. So, you know, it's going to reign supreme, but you, you got to be able to do something more than just throw the baseball hard. Yeah. I mean, I think Hobbs, one of the things he said is, well, can you get swings and misses in the strike zone with your fastball? Right. And, right. There's the the classic term that a lot of pitching coaches use, like the dead zone. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, well, he's 92, but it's in the dead zone. So it's just going to get smashed because you're not throwing hard enough to overcome a flat fastball uh, or a fastball that just stays on plane and doesn't do anything. Like, it's got to have a wrinkle in it. You've got to be able to locate it to multiple multiple quadrants of the zone. Like, and yeah, some of that's development stuff. Like, you don't have to be able to locate to all four quadrants of the zone and spin a breaking ball in order to be successful, but you need to be able to do some of it, right? Right. And there's a reason that you're seeing slider percentages and breaking ball percentages go way up from a pitch selection perspective is because they're – more effective pitches and that's becoming a bigger thing that i think a lot of pitching coaches that we've talked to have continued to hone in on is can a, can a kid spin a ball and can he spin a ball in the strike zone does he have a little bit of feel for being able to shape that thing and oftentimes they'll overlook some velocity because they know that they can train that and but can you do the other stuff really well and i'm not just like i'm not saying that you can throw 80 and be a division one scholarship guy because you spin a breaking ball and throw a bunch of strikes. That's not the case. Like there's velocity is kind of a barrier to entry, but 
the big misnomer is that, well, if I just hit 90, like I'm definitely a Division One scholarship arm. It's like, well, all right, let's talk about the deeper conversation here. Hitting 90 is way different than pitching at 90, right? Like I've seen plenty of guys come out in the first inning all amped up because they know people got the radar guns up and they're 88 to 90 and they're all over the place. They're behind in the count. They're walking guys. Then they get in the stretch in their 85. And then they come out to second inning in their 85. And it's like, well, you don't throw 90. You throw 85. And that's a hard thing for people because they always want to hang on to that best number. But you're not judged by your best, just like you're not just judged by your worst. You're judged by what you do consistently. And for the high school guys who are out there and they're listening to this and the parents that are listening to it, like you're it's easy to hang on to the number that you think validates how good you are, but you have to understand the, the details of the evaluation process from a pitching perspective. And the higher you go up, the finer the filter is. Like if you want to pitch in the SEC, throwing hard isn't good enough, right? Maybe you can pitch at a lower level division one school because you throw hard. Maybe that gets you in the door, but when you get to campus, you still can't be good if you can't throw strikes. It just doesn't work like that. Um, hitters are too good. Hitters are just a little bit more disciplined. So understanding the context around that, one, from a recruiting perspective, but two, from a development perspective, right? You go through your velo phase, but then you also need to work on consistently be able to locate a fastball. Can I get it to move? Can I get it to do something? 88 with a little bit of a wrinkle in it. You know, if you can sink it or cut it or it's got some lift, and you kind of understand what you do well, that's better than 92 in flat without the ability to get in the strike zone early in the count. Because, I mean, we talked about it at William & Mary all the time when we were hitting, is that we wanted to take the middle part of the plate away from guys. And it wasn't about hitting taser beams all over the place. It was about being on time and being able to get good swings off. But eventually what, that happened, what, what would happen with pitchers is that they knew that if they came over the middle of the plate, our guys were on time and they were going to get good swings off. So now you start edging stuff and you start edging stuff and you start nibbling and it's like, all right, well, now you're 1-0. And now you got a cross count, but you don't have the ability to shape a breaking ball and cross count a guy. So now we're hitting an advantage count and high school kids can get away being 2-0 and just throwing 88 down the middle. And most high school kids aren't going to turn it around or they're going to get bad contact. You get in college and you're going to get punished. And coaches aren't recruiting high school players they're recruiting guys to get guys out in college and i think that context and i think the detail around that is really important for people to understand yeah i mean i i don't have a whole lot to add to that because i think you nailed this entire discussion um but the one thing i will say and i i, I it, it's very true you know when you're talking about you know the amount of guys i've seen that go out in the first inning and they're it's spray and pray and you're 88 to 90 and it's all over the map and you know you're back out at 85 like you know from a college coach standpoint like they're just going to write down like touched an 89 touched a 90 like it, it, and for their notes and for their personal recruitment it's you don't pitch at 89 or 90 like you you can touch it it's in there but you pitch at 85 to 86 whatever that is you know, so, uh, you know, I, I like the way you frame that from a standpoint of like, you're not judged on your best, just like you're not judged on your worst. But, you know, that it's important to note, like, you know, to say that you, you know, you, you're, you're up to 90, like you, you, if I show up and watch you throw, like, you better be consistently 90, 89 to 90 
if that's what it is. You know, it's if it's more 87, 88, like you throw, you pitch 87, 88, which is great. But, you know, it's in there, but it's you're not there yet is, I I think, what I'm really driving at there. So, you know, I I don't really have much to add other than, you know, to make sure that, you know, there's a distinct difference between being able to touch it and be able to pitch at it. And, you know, that's when, when you get to college, like that's where, you know, things start to separate pretty quickly, especially when you're a young pitcher. So, you know, I just kind of wanted to throw my two cents in on that. But other than that, I think you nailed it, um, this topic on, on that last uh, that last little uh, monologue you had. The, the one thing I will add, there's a lot of pitching guys that we know, and I started doing it at the back end because when I was coaching is not even using the radar gun, right? Maybe get a reading here and there just to – just to eyeball, like, yeah, all right. But most pitching coaches tell you, like, I don't need a radar gun to tell me whether you're good or not because the hitters will tell me what I need to know. Like, right. if you're facing a good hitter and that guy's not squaring it up because you're able to command the ball or you can cross count or your fastball is doing something that's unique, I'm probably less worried about your velocity and more worried about can you get guys out? So, yeah, now I say that with like, yeah, velocity matters, but you can tell a lot about a kid without a radar gun. Mm-hmm. And I, a lot of coaches that I know, at least the guys that I really respect and I think are really good at their jobs, they don't sit there and get a radar reading on every single pitch. They're watching how's the ball coming out of his hand, tempo, athleticism, how's he move, what are the swings from the hitters look like? Um, you know, does he make guys look awkward? Does he make guys look uncomfortable? And if you do that and some of the metrics match, that's usually kind of the magic potion. Yeah, I agree. All right. Well, thanks for listening, everybody. Hope you enjoyed our little rant on velocity. We'll be back more next week. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening this week. If you're watching on YouTube, go ahead and hit that subscribe button and smash that like button for us. Check us out on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at EMD Baseball. If you want to find out what me and Keith do to help families and players navigate the recruiting process, go ahead and check us out on emdbaseball.com. Take a few minutes to check out our new online academy. I promise you'll get some good information out of that. Thanks again for listening. Check in with you next week.